you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to another Overtime Ireland Football Podcast. It's myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you the show this week, as always. On today's show, we're going to be joined by Jeff Reinbold. Many of you will know him from the Sky Sports NFL coverage. Uh, some of you will also know him as the special teams coordinator for the Hamilton Tire Cats in the CFL. Looking forward to talking with him on today's show. We're going to be talking about the CFL, of course, the NFL as well, and anything else that comes up in general, I guess, uh, during the course of the conversation. As always, do give us a rate and a comment on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever you listen to the show on. We have seen a number of comments going up in the last couple of weeks. We do thank you for your continued support, helping us to raise the awareness of the podcast, keep spreading the word of the podcast. It is very, very much appreciated. The Twitter number's going up each and every day. Keep spreading the word. Uh, We are here doing this all by ourselves. Me in particular this week, DJ's coming on the show a little bit later and he's going to be doing his draft series. He's looking forward to next year's draft already. He's trying to get ahead of the game, talking to some guys from Boston College about their prospects going into this season, their senior season, and looking forward to the NFL draft next year. So DJ's been doing that the last couple of weeks. He hasn't had the time to come on and join me live or I guess recorded on the podcast for you but talk to me live but he he talked to the guys from Boston College and we'll be talking to them later in the show look forward to bringing that as well and continuing on their journey as they head towards next year's NFL draft and of course Boston College will be playing in the Crow Park Classic in 2016 so that is not this upcoming season but the season following and of course we had the Crow Park Classic last year between Penn State University and the University of Central Florida which was a big success in Crow Park so Looking forward to that game in 2016. Just back in from the gym myself, uh, early morning workout just before recording the podcast helps to relax, helps relieve some stress, I guess, and uh, try to pump some iron while down there. But back in now, ready to talk some NFL with Jeff Reinbold. Always enjoy talking to Jeff, always learn something every time I talk to him. So let's uh, have no further ado and uh, let's get Jeff Reinbold on the show right now. The OTI Red Zone, presented by OvertimeIreland.com. Once again, delighted to be joined back on the podcast by Jeff Reinbold, a good friend of the show, and everyone will probably know him from the Sky Sports NFL coverage inside the Huddle podcast as well. And of course, if you're watching the, the Canadian Football League, you'll know him as the Hamilton Tiger Cats Special Teams Coordinator. Uh, Jeff, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. It's my pleasure. I always love to talk to talk ball with Ireland. Uh, Jeff, uh, we're recording this uh, in Ireland now. It's almost uh, one one o'clock uh, in the PM lunchtime. Uh, that's five forty five AM. Candle with you. Uh, people talk about a coach's life, no sleep, and uh, lots lots of hours. Do you ever get a chance to sleep, or uh, do you always get up this early? <laughs> no, it's it's uh, during the season. Calm. It's a it's a grind. Uh, rarely are you to bed much before eleven eleven thirty, and uh, you know first meetings start at 6 a.m., so you got to get in and get get prepped for those meetings. So it doesn't make for much sleep time, but, you know, you don't get into this business because you want to sleep. Yeah, so you're up in the facility at the moment, ready to go at 6, 6 a.m.? Yep, we've got uh, we've got morning meeting this morning. i got to get a workout in before that, and then uh, we're jumping on an airplane, and we fly to Winnipeg in uh, central Canada to play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in, in their home opener. They won their first game convincingly uh, on the road so they're, they're going to be a real handful for us yeah you had a tough loss last week losing to that last second field goal you said to me in, a, in a, one of the private messages we had that every loss is tough but that there had to be specifically tough but you're heading out you said to play the blue bomber so you'll be hoping to bounce back this week you mentioned as well you're going to get a workout and uh, i'm just back from the gym myself but following your twitter account jeff you, you really like to hit the gym 
Yeah, I enjoy, enjoy it. It's a, it's a kind of a stress reliever for me. It's yeah, something that when I when I when I was a college athlete, it's it started a lifestyle that I've continued all these years, and I don't see it ending. I, I really enjoy that time and you know that solitary time in the gym and and challenging yourself and you know I think there's a there's no Buddhist thing that goes embody what you teach and teach only what you embody. So it's it's I think it's important for those of us that are in this business to you know, at least show the players while we can't do it like we did when we were 20 years old. It's it's still when we're, when we're in our 50s, it's important that you, you know, take care of yourself and, you know, attack the day. Yeah, always leading by example and uh, getting the players to, to follow your lead. But just talking to the CFL when we're on it, uh, Michael Sam, he, he left the Montreal Alouettes for a while there during uh, the last week or two and he's back up with them again. I've heard a lot of reports in that, you know, he's going to make the team based on what he'll do off the field with jersey sales and so on and so forth. But do you think as a, as a prospect, do you think he is going to get a proper shot in the CFL or do you think he's, he's just up there, as I mentioned, for kind of the, the merchandise sales and so on? Well, you know, there's no way I can, I can you know, speak on what actually is going on in Montreal from a from an organizational yeah. standpoint. I just know this, that here's a guy that was – you know, played college football in the Southeastern Conference. That's the best college conference in, in uh, you know, in existence. Uh, he was the defensive player of the year in that conference. He went to the Rams. Uh, after he was drafted, he went to the Rams, led them in sacks during the preseason, and then, you know, was on the practice roster with the Cowboys for a while. I, you know, again, it'll be interesting to see how he does, you know, handle the adjustment up here. There are some things that a player has to get used to when he comes up here. And, uh, you know, you watch some of them like Cameron Lake, who came up here out of yeah. Penn State and just tore the league up for two years and then, you know, is now tearing the NFL up. Uh, some guys don't seem to adjust very easily to the yard off the ball and the, the differences in the game. Uh, he's a pass rusher. That's what he made, you know, that's what he made his reputation as on the football field as a pass rusher. And this is a league that, you know, we throw it about every down. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Yeah, you mentioned Cameron Wick there. Obviously, he's playing with the Dolphins and doing a phenomenal job down with them. But I was watching the NFL Top 100 players list recently, and they were talking about that there, the extra yard between the defensive line and the offensive line in the CFL. And he was saying that it has actually helped him to be quicker off the mark and to be more explosive because he actually now has to travel a yard less to get to the quarterback. So it's interesting to see that. And, you know, people that mightn't be as aware with the uh, CFL rules, and that's slightly different to the NFL, but, you know, there's different ways to adapt your game then that both play in there can also help you in the NFL as well in that, in that situation? Yeah, you know what, there have been a lot of guys that have made that transition, you know it, it, it's fluid back across the border and, and uh, you know we have three players in particular that are rookies with us that all come with NFL pet pedigrees, T.T. Tolliver who was a receiver for the Bears and Taekwon Underwood who was with the Patriots and, and uh, the Bucks has had, you know, had 50 catches one year yeah. in the NFL and, and then it uh, you know, Mike Ford, running back from, from LSU that uh, played with the Bears and is a real good special teams player. I love him. He had 12, he had 12 special teams tackles in 2013 for the Bears. So, you know, those guys are, are learning our game and adapting to our game, but they're, you know, they're quality athletes. And, you know, like you mentioned, Cameron Wake, and, and there have been numerous guys all the way back to Warren Moon and, and Joe Cap and, you know, guys that have gone down, Doug Flutie gone down to the U.S. after playing up here and have you know, had great NFL careers. Uh, just before we get back to the NFL stuff, uh, we got a question on Twitter and it was regarding the CFL from Cattle mm -hmm. McCabe and 
I, I never thought of this here. Um, I, I expect that the referees all speak both languages, but he was wondering it must, something he must have picked up on his French speaking ref exclusive to the Montreal Alouettes, or is it throughout the league? And then do uh, the US or English speaking players and coaches find it confusing? I'm sure they all speak both languages, do they, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, they do. Everybody is, is has the ability to communicate in both. And, you know, our French players, we have a number of French players. The football, high school football and, and university football in Quebec is very good. And uh, Montreal, uh, we have, I, mean, I believe it's three University of Montreal players and two from Laval University, which is probably the best program in Canada. But, but we teach and coach in English, and I think that's you, you know standard around the league. And then the officials, the officials do announce the game and speak in, in English, although there are some French-speaking officials. And uh, it's interesting when you play in a couple of the cities, Ottawa and Montreal, all the the uh, sideline announcing is done in both languages, so it's, it's unique. There are a lot of there are a lot of really cool things about this league. You know, you play with an extra man. The field is you know thirteen yards wider. It's it's twenty yards long. It's it should be ten yards longer, but the end zones are twenty yards deep. So it's a huge field. The hash marks are more like college hash marks. So that comes into play when you start to strategize. Offensively, every player on the field, with the exception of the offensive lineman, can be moving on the snap. So, usually, when uh, a, a, an NFL fan watches a CFL game for the first time, the thing that takes them by surprise m- most is the, just the number, the amount of movement that goes on as the ball is being snapped. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting the game when you've been up here and you played or coached up here, and then you go to the go go south of the border to the American game. In the American game is it seems very slow because there's not as much movement. It's not as dynamic a game. Um, so I, I think it's a it's a tremendous league because you got to be a you got to be a guy who can run in this league. There's not a place per se for those big 340 pound you know space eaters that that you see uh, you know playing on on the on the defensive line and offensive line in the United States because. You know the game is just such a dynamic game. You only have two downs. If you don't get a first down in two downs, you punt on third down, and and uh, there's probably twice as many ways to score in the kicking game with all the rules in the kicking game as as there is in in uh, U.S. football. There's no fair catches on punts, uh, so you know the return game is wide open. And we have a great great returner named Brandon Banks who we got uh, from the Washington Redskins. And I'll tell you what, he is, last week he returned one for touchdown. He's returned five for touchdowns in his last, I believe it's six games. So he's really a threat when he gets the ball in his hand. Yeah, I think it was him at two in the playoffs last year as well. One member was called back uh, then, it cost us to lose the game, but uh, it seems to be very dynamic in the return game. Moving down to the NFL and a guy who's, there's a lot of talk about it at the minute, there's not much happening with the contract situation, it's Russell Wilson. It's, it's leading a lot of news stories, but there's really no news at the minute as it stays quiet. But Tom Marshall was wondering, what's more valuable to the Seattle Seahawks for the next five years? Is it to keep Russell Wilson, keep him under contract, or is it to keep the, the $25 million that they would have to invest in him and spend it around other areas of the team? Well, I, I think you know one of the things that the Seahawks are going to have to come to terms with is that you know you've got a franchise quarterback there, and uh, you know he fits perfectly for what they want to do at that position. Now, I think it's very easy to see that around the league, if you don't have a guy like that, it's very difficult to get to the Super Bowl. You can win, but you you're going to have a difficult time winning everything, and so. 
when it comes time to divvy up the salary cap, normally, you know, you're going to put most of your money in that position if that's the guy that you have. Now, obviously, you hear Michael Bennett talking about not coming to camp because he he wants more money again, and, yeah. and uh, you know, Thomas wants more money. Everybody wants more money. That's one of the challenges <laughs> that happens when you succeed. Yeah. Everybody wants more money because their agents are telling them and their wives are telling them and their families are telling them, Hey, you're the reason that the you know that the Seahawks are successful. You should be getting more money. You know, Richard Sherman's making this, and you know Russell Wilson's making this, and Jimmy Graham's making this, and you know it's it, so it's very difficult for GMs during this time. But it, yeah, I think one of the things that Seahawks fans need to you know re- really recognize is that Russell Wilson has said that he is committed to staying in Seattle and that he wants to stay in Seattle. And as long as he's making those kind of, you know, as long as he's singing that tune, then I wouldn't be overly worried about it in, you know, if you're a Seahawks fan, that he'll be there. I think he's a good investment. He's a quality guy. I have a a really good friend who, a kid that played for me and is now the vice president of the Seahawks, and and he, he says nothing but great things about Russell Wilson. When you look at Wilson as well, they got him, you know, later in the draft. Uh, you know, he's been playing on the, that rookie contract, so they really have to have had to spend nothing on him, and he's got them to two Super Bowls, whether it's down to his arm or whether it's down to the way the overall team plays, the defense. But when a guy's come in, you know, he's really working on nothing. There's, I can't really see any way that he says he will play, but could he step on the field this year on the, last year that rookie contract and, you know, risk injury? I know there's word that he has an insurance policy as well, but. Do you think uh, they'll, both the team and the player will be trying to push this through before the start of the season? I'm sure they're working very hard at that right now and that they would love to get this thing settled before training camp so that he can have that peace of mind going into camp and focus 100% on football. I think he's a he's a football guy. You know, you, yeah. you, you watch him and he, he is extremely passionate about the game. Uh, he's not a guy that's involved in all kinds of things off the field. He's a football guy and, and a uh, as I said to you, Maurice Kelly told me he's a tremendous, tremendous person. So I think that he'll be rewarded by the Seahawks for all of those things, and, and that uh, you know I would not be surprised at all if this doesn't get you know remedied some here sometime in the next six weeks before they go to camp. And then uh, another quarterback, obviously, that there's been a lot of talk about the Tom Brady situation. or on the the kind of the waiting game now is the appeal is. It has been heard all the way to see what uh, Roger Goodell comes out and decides. But people, even with Brady at the minute being four games, people are talking about you know Garoppolo coming in and playing for Brady as if it's just going to be switching Garoppolo and he takes over and does a nice job and Brady comes back. But just even looking at those two fixtures that are their first two games, I expect it to be probably cut to a two-game suspension. But even looking at those two games, they, they face the Steelers at home and the Bills on the road. That there's uh, you know it's not too easy games to start off with whether you're Tom Brady or whoever you are but with Jimmy Garoppolo coming in I think there's a possibility there the Patriots could slip up at the start and could possibly start zero and two after those two games there's there's not a lot of talk about that there at the minute from uh, Patriots fans would that be something that they should be a little bit more concerned about? Well, I think you know anytime anytime you don't have your franchise quarterback yeah. it's going to be tough and you're asking a you're asking a really young guy to step in and play at a high level early in the season, which is difficult to do. I think what the Patriots have done in minicamp and in OTAs by splitting the reps evenly between the two of them and giving Garoppolo a lot of time to throw the ball to Julian Edelman, to to throw the ball to Gronkowski, to work behind the number one offensive line. That's, again, great, and what we call in this business, anticipatory management by uh, by Belichick. You know, he's, he's, he's 
you know, making sure that if, if in fact Brady is not there for two or four or one or whatever, however many games the commissioners, the commissioner decides that they're going to have their best chance to win. Now you got to understand they're going, you know, they're going to Buffalo, which Buffalo is on paper anyway, much, much improved. And Rex has got a whole new attitude, a whole new mindset going in, in Western New York. So that's not going to be an easy game. That's a bitter rivalry game to start with. And then, you know, the Steelers are, you know, you look at the Steelers offense, they've got question marks on defense, but they're going to score points. So uh, I think both of those games are going to be tough games and certainly games that you would much rather have Tom Brady in the playing quarterback for you than, than uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Colm, you, you make an interesting point that the AFC East, I think, is going to be really, really, really a dogfight. Yeah, this year. Every one of those teams... Every one of those teams went out that that are behind New England went out and really worked hard in this off season to improve themselves. The Dolphins, I think, got way better. Uh, the Giant, uh, Jets, excuse me, got better. Have a new coach, have a new you know regime in place, and then Buffalo on paper anyway. Buffalo has as good a defense as there is in the league, and you know bring in Percy Harvin and you bring in Shady McCoy, and so the Bills are a team that I think if you're going to go watch one of those Monday games, the Get tickets to that Bills game because I think they have a chance to be a very entertaining football team. Yeah, it's going to be a really tough division. That's why I think that if they do start out slow, it could be a tough one for the Patriots. But uh, the last question before we finish up is Steve Weatherford, the Giants punter, obviously part of their special teams unit. He had comments about the Eagles quarterback trio. He kind of backtracked out of it then since. But I'm sure you're not going to give away any secrets, Jeff. But in your special teams meeting room, is there any rules about talking to media or do you just expect your players to know better than to, to say silly things like that? Well, you know what? We talk all the time to our kids about, you don't put a muzzle on them, but you, you try and get them to understand that, that everything that you say reflects not just on you, it, it reflects on your entire team, and it reflects on the, you know, on the organization. And, uh, you know, one of the things I learned from uh, a guy who's a head coach in the NFL right now is, you know, you can say anything you want. Just under, just make sure that you talk about your teammates and you talk about your coaches. Don't make it about you unless somebody's doing a, you know, a biography on you. And uh, I think if you if you if you keep it that way, then you're always going to be in a in a you know in a pretty good light. I it's interesting. I've worked for some head coaches, been around some players even that uh, view the media as the, you know the evil empire, and they're all always out to try and you know make you look bad and try to take advantage of you. I don't see it that way. I think uh, we have a responsibility to the media because we're in this business. The fans are the ones that, you know, certainly pay our salaries and make the game what it is today. And so we have a responsibility to speak to the fans. It's just you want to make sure that a guy doesn't make an offhanded comment that can come back and, and you know, embarrass him, embarrass the organization, or give the, you know, it's hard enough to win football games yeah, bulletin <laughs> board material. without make, yeah, without giving bulletin board material to the other team. And uh, Jeff, uh, I know you have a meeting to go to, so we'll not keep you any further. You're heading away to uh, Winnipeg to face the Blue Bombers. Hopefully you'll get that W this week. Best of luck with that. And as always, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. My pleasure, Calm, anytime. And, and uh, you know, to all those young players, you know, playing out in Ireland, uh, you know, play hard, enjoy the game, and, and to all the coaches and fans that make that possible, all the people in the organizations in American football in Ireland, you know, as we say in, in Hawaii, mahalo nui loa, which means thank you very much for all you do to promote this great game. You're listening to the Overtime Ireland podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland.
Thanks once again to Jeff for coming on the show and talking to us. Uh, it's always great having him on the show, learn a lot from each and every time he's on. You can follow Jeff on Twitter, it's at Jeff underscore Reinbold, and uh, well worth a follow. He's very interactive with anyone on there, has any questions about the CFL or the NFL, great knowledge of both. He uh, he was saying to me uh, before, he sent along the number, one of the numbers were uh, in, incorrect in, in his phone number, and uh, Jeff often gets asked on uh, Twitter why he types in capital letters, and he always says that it's uh, down to his eyesight not being great. So there's uh, further evidence of that. So if you're wondering why he responds to you uh, in capital letters, uh, that is why. But well worth uh, well worth following, well worth sitting a tweet to if you have any questions. And uh, as always, thanks to him once again for coming on the show. Went through a bit of the NFL news there with Jeff, of course, but... Couple of little bits and pieces that it, well, one and I found particularly funny. Um, being a Packers fan, was uh, Brett Favre. He thought he still thinks he can play in the NFL. He says his arm mightn't be as strong as it once was. Mightn't be able to throw that deep ball quite as far. But he says that you know he, he still could play. Could he says he couldn't play a whole season, but he he thinks he could play a game or two. But uh, I guess sometimes it's uh, you know we've seen. Herschel Walker talking about that he thinks he could still play running back in the NFL at, at his age now, and he's he's in his fifties, so. You know, sometimes I think when you step away from the game, maybe you think, oh yeah, I could still go, I could still do what I could when I was younger, but a lot of the times when people get older, uh, maybe the, the physical gifts that they had when they were slightly a little bit younger are away from them, but they still think that they, they have them and have, do possess them, but Favre, uh, obviously, he's been uh, put into the Packers' ring of honour this year, the number being retired and so on, I think hopefully this time he's in retirement for good, we've seen him sneak out of retirement a couple of times, but I think this was more just... Uh, talk than uh, anything else but can't see Brett Favre ever stepping on the NFL field again I hope for his sake too that he, he doesn't but uh, looking forward to seeing him and his number retired with the Green Bay Packers one of the all-time greats for the Packers and of course in the entire NFL phenomenal quarterback while he was in the league the other bits of news that I had to mention were the things like the Wilson contract I can't see him playing out uh, this final year on on that contract where he'll get 1.5 million dollars you know I just think that the risks are, are far too big. I suppose if he does go through this season as a phenomenal season and goes into free agency next year, well, uh, he can he can really demand whatever sort of money he wants. But I think the Seahawks will lock him up. When you have a franchise quarterback, you need to you need to keep him in place. They've got phenomenal value off him over the last couple of seasons, and I just think that it's time to pay up now. There's there's not much you can do. They've got sensational value for him over the last four or five years uh, since he came out in the NFL draft. So just one of those things. When you have the quarterback, you just have to pay up because. I guarantee you there's probably maybe 29 other teams in the NFL that would happily pay Russell Wilson this money. You have the, the quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, so on and so forth. But I guess then when you're looking at the likes of Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, if it comes to next season and they haven't signed him to that long-term contract, you know, they're not going to be about forever, especially the likes of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I think the, the Patriots are going to see what they have in Garoppolo, obviously, in those first couple of games, as I mentioned. But, you know, uh, a lot of teams would be interested, uh, I guess, when you look at it from that perspective uh, in Russell Wilson. So we'll see what happens. But uh, just a, a little bit, you know, same as the guys on the franchise tags, there's a lot of a lot of risks regarding playing out this season without getting that contract uh, sorted out first, I guess. We'll leave it at that there. Steve Weatherford, this is the time of the, the, the year where no news is still making the news. And, you know, he, he made some comments about... Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow, and of course uh, Mark Sanchez, and then he kind of backtracked on them during the week. You know, there's nothing really happening at the moment in the NFL. There's a kind of very dead time with the teams all basically taking the having some time off now at this time of the year. But when you look at players making comments, it's obviously going to make news because there's not a lot of other stuff going around. And this year made the news. Um, then he backtracked on it, and uh, 
just looks a bit silly now. But as I mentioned with Jeff, you don't want to be giving teams bulletin board material. You know, I did see where some of the Eagles players uh, tweeted back to him to say that they didn't realise that punters were now uh, getting interviewed. But, you know, I was just uh, plugging a little bit of fun at him. But you, you don't want to get these extra things in around the, the team and, you know, taking more attention on than you need. So just a, a silly little bit of uh, talk there from Steve Weatherford, the punter for the Giants. There, there isn't much happening, as I mentioned. We're going to fill these next couple of shows up with more interviews and stuff like that there, talking to people from maybe past players, current players, and, of course, personalities from around the around the NFL, whether it's covering the game or uh, playing the game. So that there is what's going to fill up these shows because, of course, there isn't a lot of news. If there's any topics that you want discussed, you know, maybe top 10 lists or, you know, other stuff from around the league that you think would be very interesting to listen to if you think there's some guests that you'd like to hear on do hit us up as as always we suggested on uh, at Overtime Ireland let us know your thoughts on what we can do to make the show more enjoyable for you so don't be afraid to, to send that tweet let us know and if it is longer than the normal tweet uh, you can also email us as overtimeireland at gmail.com there's a, a lot of stuff going on Jeff did mention there about the Irish American Football League how the game's progressing in Ireland well as I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm playing with the Donegal Derry Vipers, and we're playing not this week, but the following week. But this coming Sunday is Sunday, the 4th of July, Independence Day in America. To all the Americans out there, hope you have a great weekend this weekend. But 4th of July in Ireland's going to be a little bit different, and uh, up at the Carrick Fergus Rugby Club. There's going to be f- two games of American football going on this week. The Carrick Fergus Knights are playing the North Kildare Reapers at 1 o'clock in that game, and then the Craig Avon Cowboys are playing the Belfast Trojans at 4pm. For anyone that hasn't seen the Trojans playing before, they are... In my opinion, the gold standard of American football here in Ireland, both their first team and second team, absolutely phenomenal. Physical brand of football, but very, very talented. The Jeff would be proud of their special teams, phenomenal on, on special teams this season. They've they've really, really been dominating. It's going towards the uh, the bowl season now, and they're they're already true to the bowl season, and it's going to be very, very hard for anyone to stop them. They are reigning champions of uh, the IFA ireland league and uh, it's gonna be a good a good sunday they're gonna have a lot of stuff on there so do check that out they're having a family fun day and everything that's at the carrick fergus rugby club this upcoming sunday it's in the belfast area so do check that out check out them on twitter check out the belfast trojans or that they'll they'll be promoting more about the event but it should be a fun fun day uh, to see some live american football being played in ireland again and uh, we're heading off to, to Galway next week for our final game of the season, so I'm looking forward to that. But if you're in the area, do check that out, and uh, the game continues to grow over here. And I'm sure you'll be you'll be actually pleasantly surprised at the standard of the game and <laughs> the physicality of it uh, is something that when you're up close and personal, you'll really start to respect what the guys in the NFL put their body through week in and week out. And uh, that starts at 12 o'clock this Sunday, goes all the way on to 8 p.m. So a fun day out for. You and all the family, so do check that one out. It was passed along to us by, I mentioned there, Cahill McKay with a question that he sent in uh, for for the show there that we asked Jeff, and it was him. He's playing for the Carrick Fergus Knights this week, one of our listeners. So helping promote the game here, trying to do our little bit uh, to spread the word off that as well. So I guess uh, we'll get on now to DJ, and he's talking to two college prospects hoping to make it to the NFL draft this upcoming season, both from Boston College. First up, it's Connor check and uh, he's going to be talking first to DJ, and then we're going to be, he's going to be joined by Justin Simmons. So the two of them, DJ spoke to them earlier this week. Some interesting uh, comments and uh, insightful stuff on what the players are expecting going into this upcoming season. You can follow their journey, and uh, I've already listened to this, so I hopefully, hopefully you'll enjoy it uh, as you listen to it as well. And I'll be back to wrap up the show after this. Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Delighted to be joined 
on Overtime Ireland by Connor Woodjack from the Boston College Eagles. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, how are you? Very good, thanks for taking time out of your off-season to come on the show. You're a senior now at Boston College and we'll hopefully we'll be watching you on our screens in the NFL come the 2016 season. Hopefully. So Connor, you followed in the footsteps of Green Bay Packers defensive tackle BJ Rajan wearing the number 94 Boston College, did that add any extra pressure to you? Uh, when I first chose the number, I didn't actually know that BJ wore it before me. It wasn't until I got on campus that I realized, wow, the guy who wore this number was uh, was really, really good. So I wouldn't say it any, added any extra pressure, but I definitely didn't want to uh, put any shame on the number. What are your goals for the coming season? Are they any different to, say, other seasons with the fact that this is your senior year at college? Uh no, I think the goals are always the same. Obviously, ACC championship and just uh, for our guys on the defensive side of the ball, I'd like to have a top 10 overall defense in the country, hopefully top five. And growing up, who would have been your football idols? Uh, I'd actually have to say I, I lived with them. Probably my dad and my brother. They both played college football, one at Notre Dame, one at Maryland. So I always looked up to them growing up. And was there any other sports that you were involved in before finally deciding you wanted to play football? Yeah, I played basketball and lacrosse. I loved them both. Still play them occasionally to this day. And how have you been preparing this offseason as you face into the most important season of your career so far? Uh, I've just been trying to eat as healthy as possible and, and put in extra work whenever I can and just really being committed to, to being the best player I can be this upcoming season. And what kind of things do you think you could improve in your game that will hopefully increase your draft stock? Uh continuing to play well against the run but also i'm trying to improve as much as i can as a pass rusher rushing the passer is is a lot is very important in the nfl and that's what they call upon defensive linemen to do so i'm trying to improve in that as much as i can being in boston i'm a patriots fan how would you fancy coming up against the likes of tom brady i would that would be awesome to play tom brady and there's the next question if you had to pick one nfl legend quarterback that you would love to come up against either one that you could face in the future or a player that's retired now who would it be it would have to be tom brady yeah tom brady or, or joe montana because my dad played with him so that'd be fun what are the team's goals for this season as you say is it to get into the playoffs and go as far as you can yeah ac championship is what we talk about around here that's that's what we're all that's our goal for everybody i think if you asked Every player on this team and every coach, everyone would say AC Championship is the goal. And I know you're, you know, Boston College are coming over to Ireland next year, and unfortunately, you'll be away to the NFL at that stage. But would it be something you'd be interested in? Perhaps that a team you end up joining in the NFL, going and playing a game in Wembley over in England. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. I played in some pretty cool venues. I, last year, playing in Yankee Stadium was awesome. I'd be open to playing anywhere. I think playing in Europe would be awesome and just so some of our followers can keep up to date with how your season's progressing and ultimately your journey to the nfl would you like to give out your twitter handle so some of them can maybe get in touch with you uh, i believe it's c wojack 90 so c and then my last name and then my number just for all the listeners listen then we will put up that link on twitter as well and thanks for taking time out connor and want to wish you all the best and hopefully Perhaps we'll have you on closer to the end of the Boston College season. Okay, thank you. Nice talking to you. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland. So delighted to be joined on the show 
UFA, Justin Simmons from the Boston College Eagles. Justin started all 13 games of last season, 7 at free safety and the final 6 at corner. Justin, at what age did you decide that American football was the career you wanted to pursue and was there other sports that you had given thought to? Um, I think I think when I was really young, I don't know if I could put an exact age on it. Uh, maybe when I was like five or six, like playing, um, you know, like flag football and then, you know, moving up to Pop Warner. Um, I could tell, like, I always had uh, a knack for, um, like, competition and really um, excelling um, myself in athletics. Um, and as far as other sports, uh, I really was considering basketball um, for a long time. But then I realized being like a 6-3 center in high school uh, <laughs> wouldn't really get you too far in Division One sports or even Division Two for that matter, for basketball. So uh, after that, I realized that uh, I should take football a little more seriously. And how have you been keeping fit during the offseason? Have you done anything different this season compared to you would have done in other seasons? Um, no, I, I haven't been doing anything different. I think uh, what I've been doing uh, thus far is uh, the reason why I am where I am. Um, I think if the only thing that has changed is uh, I try and push myself a little harder each and every workout and um, and run, like conditioning uh, we have. And um, I just try and make my teammates around me better because if we all can um, elevate our game a little bit, we could just be that much better as a unit. And during the 2014 season, as I mentioned, you started seven games at free safety and the final six at corner. Do you have a preference for either position? Um, it's funny. If you would have asked me this question, like the first two games at corner, I would have said free safety for sure. Um, but, you know, thank, you know, thanking Coach Coach Brown and Coach Limpa and, um, and the rest of the defensive staff for uh, helping me with that transition from safety to corner. Uh, I actually feel very comfortable playing both, so I don't think I have a, a preference. And the fact you've played both positions, a question that I have for you is, how would you like to perhaps face off against the likes of Calvin Johnson next <laughs> next season or when you get to the NFL? Like I said, um, I'm all about competition, and I know Calvin Johnson is uh, arguably you know, the best wide receiver in the NFL, and great corners have gone up against them and battled uh you know and it's i would definitely love to have the chance to be able to uh have that one-on-one battle i think my height helps a lot um you know so that'd be awesome and how has your preparation been going for the upcoming season so far uh the preparation's been great um as far as uh my unit with the defensive backs uh we really uh We've really pushed ourselves um, each day to just keep getting better, you know, taking one day at a time. And um, they've actually helped me tremendously with uh, pushing myself so I can better, um, you know, like my skills, my mental awareness, um, assignments, you know, everything that involves ins and out of the defense. So uh, the preparation has been great. And this season, is there anything that you think you might change during the season to try and increase your draft stock? Are you purely focused on you know, plan to the best of your ability and then the rest of that side will take care of itself? Uh, if I'm being completely honest, I, I haven't even really thought about it. Um, Coach Brown gives, uh, you know, he's all about unit, you know, defensively. You're not going to win the Heisman on defense. Um, I'd rather I'd rather have, a, you know, an okay season and have a really good season defensively with uh, my unit than have a spectacular season and, you know, like give up 40 points a game 
um, on the defensive side of the ball. But I think I think, you know, being in the right place at the right time, just filling my gaps, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, I do as great a job as I can on one on one coverages, um, stuff like that. I I think all that will put me in uh, the right position. And, um, you know, I'm sure NFL scouts or whoever else are looking, um, you know, we'll see the little things like that. But, uh, yeah. And what kind of goals do you set for yourself in your position? Is it, you know, number of blocks, number of for interceptions or? Those, yeah, I have some goals. I, I you know, I definitely want to um, exceed um, m- tackles uh, this year. You know, I'm always constantly proving that I can come up and uh, and uh, fill the holes and make a play and uh, stop the running back. Um, so that I definitely want to improve on, uh, keep getting more tackles. Um, as far as uh, the passing game goes, you know, at least at least 10 or plus um pass breakups and then uh interceptions you know like five three somewhere around there um it just you know as the season goes on um you know if i get targeted um or if i'm getting thrown away from uh you know it all it all depends on that but those are those are the goals for right now and is there nfl player currently playing or has played in the past that you model your game on oh um Uh, that's a really good question uh no i mean no i don't think i don't think i model my game after anyone um yeah it's kind of cliche like you know i'm justin simmons uh i try and play to the best of my abilities not really thinking about um you know who i'm who i'm playing like well while i'm playing you know but you know with that being said i i think i'm very rangy um you know i can cover i can cover uh ground from the middle of the field and um, I'm also not afraid to come up and make a play in the run game so unfortunately you'll also miss the Boston College trip to Ireland in 2016 but would you like to make the trip to the UK perhaps with the NFL franchise that you end up with oh definitely yeah if I if I get an opportunity to um to watch the guys that you know I'm spending countless hours with um you know um shedding blood sweat and tears with in the locker room and on the field um, in the weight room, uh, I would definitely love to go out and watch them play um, in Ireland for sure. And thanks yet again for coming on. Just before you go, would you like to give out your Twitter handle to our listeners so they can follow your journey to the NFL? Oh yeah, of course. My Twitter name is J Sims S I M M S eleven nineteen. So hopefully, some of our listeners will follow your career from this point forward, and hopefully, we'll have you on later on in the season again. Hopefully. Everything will be going well for you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's been a real blessing. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast. So interesting stuff there again with DJ and the two guys from Boston College. Be sure and check them out on Twitter. Give them a follow and follow their journey as they head towards the NFL. Hopefully in 2016 they're heading into their senior year hoping to hit the NFL draft next year. So three guests on this week's show will be filling these shows up with guests. Sometimes a longer guest, sometimes maybe two shorter guests will be keeping them uh, trying to make them as uh, entertaining and as fun for you to listen into but that there wrap up today's show as i mentioned do hit us up with a rating or a ranking on itunes stitcher tune and whatever you listen to us on do subscribe to us on multiple devices keep spreading the word follow us on twitter shameless plug promotion time as always and uh, of course you can follow me on twitter it's at the column kelly i have been column kelly for this show hopefully you have enjoyed it and hopefully you'll be back next week for our latest episode to see 
who comes along and stay tuned as always to that Twitter feed at Overtime Ireland. And until then, and as always, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.